0: news,
1: reviews, commentary. commentary, not just another podcast, Are I mean, The Ordinary, the Big Ball Broadcast. Last time on Dragon Ball Z. Now here comes your host Kyle Hebert and the World Steve. Welcome to The Big Ball Broadcast. My name is Kyle Abair, and you are listening to episode 23 of our illustrious Geeky News podcast. I am an, an anime and video game voice actor here on the West Coast. Normally you'd hear Otherworld Steve say he's on the East Coast. But an evil conglomerate cable company with shitty service has made it to where Steve can't join us tonight. Unless through some miracle... They actually get the internet and cable service back up and running, in which he would just join our uh, live audio feed that we do every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. So be that as it may, the show must go on. So I, to my proverbial left <laughs> or right, whatever it is, it's theater of the mind, uh, over Skype here, uh, I normally have Steve, but now I have very special guest, Chris Neosi, also known as Kerbifer. He is a web animator, voice actor, and uh, whatever else he wants to fill in the gaps with tonight. So we're going to shoot the shit about all sorts of things, uh, his background and stuff. Chris, thanks so much for jumping into the, uh, the, the show here at the last minute.
0: No problem. I, I was uh, joking on the phone when you reached out to me like, oh, I haven't been on a Big Ball broadcast episodes in like like 700 years. So this is, uh, this is quite an honor. I think uh, before we, came, we became friends and worked together, uh, I was just a listener of it back in the, the old days when it was just a podcast on your site. But I certainly hope that Steve doesn't join because he's going to kick my ass uh, if he finds that I'm stealing his, his job for a night. <laughs> uh, so hopefully I'll have you all to myself for the next you know hour or so, but oh so yeah, yeah. Thank
1: you. no, 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 we got his blessing he 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 loves what you do, he says big thumbs up, man I, I feel bad that I can't do the show tonight, and I'm like, well. Uh, can we do it tomorrow night? It's like, no, no, I got stuff going on and then I'm doing, I'm going to see Avengers on Thursday night and then I'm going to see Nightwish in concert on Friday. So it's like we really, this is the, really the only time we could do it and I didn't want to not do a show and I knew I was going to reach out to you anyway at some point because I did see you tweet back at me going, dude, I want to be on the Big Ball broadcast. i was like, dude, <laughs> Neosi would be like the perfect guest to have on here. Because
0: he never shuts the hell up. Oh my god. Yeah. It, it writes it, itself.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it likes, it's like having Otherworld Steve on the show and he does all the hard Hard work and on research and gets all the topics, and I just sit here and just go, uh huh, yeah, cool.
0: Yeah, 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 huh, yeah. Uh-huh. So, so we're here tonight, yes. Uh, I guess just to, to pair it, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm Chris Neosi. Uh, yes, some people know me as Kerberfer, unfortunately. Um, yeah, primarily I'm an animator, I do a lot of YouTube content creation. Currently, I'm doing a web series called Tome Terrain of Magical Expertise, of which Mr. Kyle here has voiced a character graciously uh, named Webmaster. Uh, people back in the day might also have known me for a lot of my old Newgrounds cartoons stuff like the Super Freakin' Parody Rangers uh, the Nintendo collabs uh, a whole bunch of stuff like that uh, I'm an occasional voice actor when I'm so lucky, uh, I've done stuff like Pokemon uh, the Berserk movies Patema Inverted, a whole bunch of PC games and I have some cool stuff coming out uh, very soon that I can't talk about yet, so now I know your plight, Kyle you and your colleagues um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, a lot of that stuff and I do vlogs twice a week and I, it's, it's strange. I'm kind of doing like an extra hefty b- bit of that because I'm doing this. I'm doing an extra one tomorrow. I'm doing one with uh, Xander Mobis and Edward Bosco, who I'm recording this at their place currently at. Uh, we're going to be doing one as well. So uh, it is it is podcast central for me this week. And, uh, and, and actually none of it involves Ultron, despite me going to see that on Thursday as well. But I need to make some time to talk about that because I'm excited for that shit.
1: Oh, hell yeah, dude. I mean, uh, Steve, of course, dug up some some things, um, some news items, like, you know, just to keep it topical, uh, that once it hits DVD and Blu-ray, there's an extended cut and an alternate ending already. They've already announced this, which is okay. cool. Uh, super, super, so excited to see it. Uh, I'm going to see it at a theater where they have reserved seating, IMAX 3D. That's one of the, the greatest inventions they have now going to the movies, is you don't have to stand in line for six hours anymore, because the older you get... I find that it's like, I just don't have time for this shit. You know, I want to go see the movie. I don't want to sit here and stand and be exhausted by the time I actually sit down.
0: Yeah, and uh, me and a bunch of folks, uh, I don't know if you're going to the same one, but we're going to the, uh, the AMC uh, on Palm on Thursday. And that's going to be fun. But, ah, uh, yeah.
1: I'm going to CityWalk, Universal Studios.
0: Okay, cool, cool. Well, I found out that apparently the first uh, 20 people who get there get a pouch of Avengers Fruit Snacks, and that shit is delicious, and that's my main reason for going, because I'm 12 internally. Um, but
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's probably loaded with high-fructose corn syrup, which is the devil, but uh, I understand your plight. When something tastes good, you just want to have way too much of it.
0: Yeah, Yes. Well, or, you know, about six pieces of it, because that's about as much as they pack in those little, those little uh, patches. But either way, uh, yeah, I'm excited. Uh, we're going to be seeing it that night, and uh, I, I actually just saw Thor Dark World mm-hmm. uh, yesterday, because... <laughs> that was the only phase two movie that I hadn't seen. And you know what? I I enjoyed it. It certainly wasn't anything to write home about, but I, I liked it a lot more than I thought I was. So now I'm all 100% caught up with all of the everything. I've seen Guardians and Iron Man 3 and Winter Soldier and everything. So uh, I'm all ready to uh, to watch Pinocchio uh, try and take over the world.
1: Yeah. <laughs> right? Uh, you know, I have to say, you know, kudos to Marvel. Like, I don't think they have a, like a necessarily weak link in the bunch of the cinematic universe. There's some, are, of course, more enjoyable than others, but I don't think there's an out-and-out dud, which almost scares me, because they've had so much success with all these movies so far that you're, you're worried that, that, you know, they're just going to hit that ceiling. And, you know, just kind of like, this is just my opinion, but like Pixar, you know, they put out classic after classic after after classic, after classic, and then some, the, the quality starts to go a little. By the way, so it's like it's good, but it's not great. And then it's like now they're making sequels to lesser films, and then all you know, and so on. So,
0: to be fair, though, Inside Out looks really interesting, and I'm I'm very despite the trailers being a little like oh man, gender roles, la la la, seventies or whatever. Like despite that, the concept of the movie itself is really interesting, and I'm very curious to see that one. Uh, and also, Incredibles two, which I remember. Uh, Actually, on the Big Ball broadcast years ago, you and Steve being like, why don't they do an Incredibles 2? And I'm like, yeah, why don't they? And now they're doing one. And I am legit. Uh, very excited to see whatever is going to come of that, especially because Brad Bird is back on board. So yeah,
1: and he like you know coming from an animation background, leaped over very graciously and and wonderfully to the live action world with Mission Impossible: Ghost Protocol, and then he's got uh, Tomorrowland for Disney coming this year, which also looks fantastic. So it's like he's proven he can he can juggle the animation and the live action realm with with mastery, you know.
0: Yeah, same with uh, Gandhi Tartakovsky, who did some fight scene choreography stuff for, I think, one of the Iron Man movies. And, uh, you know, having the Dexter's lab background. And then he did Hotel Transylvania, which which turned out really great. And uh, maybe someday we'll get that Samurai Jack movie. I'm holding on to the little bit of hope that we'll get that someday.
1: <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I mean, there's, uh, there's fandom in, in, everywhere. It comes out of the woodwork. It's like zombies just crawling back from the grave. It's like someone is going to go pay to go see this. This is why we have fifty thousand iterations of Ninja Turtles, right? Yeah. I
0: mean, uh huh. Yeah, but that's uh, i have still i have never seen that. By the way, that the They don't feel bad, neither of us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, on on the uh, Incredibles, though, going uh, two subjects back, uh, what I'm kind of hoping they do with that, by the way, is I hope they go the Toy Story three route, where like the amount of time that passed in our real world passes in the universe of the movies. So, like, Dash just, like, in high school or, like, Violet's in college or whatever, Jack Jackson elementary school or middle school or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, et cetera. That would be really cool because then they could actually get all the cast back to come do it and everything. And, like, it, it would just make for a really interesting setting for those characters. I'd love to see that, but I don't know if they're going to go that route. We'll see.
1: Needs more Frozone because, my God, <laughs> it's like, woman, where is my super suit? What do you need to know? You tell me where my suit is, woman. <laughs>
0: that was that was the ultimate like uh sam jackson meme before any of the avengers initiative or any of that shit my god man
1: right and speaking of uh marvel characters i'm looking at our chat room uh which of course gathers when we do our live stream on tuesday nights robert j says chris Hemsworth and tom hiddleston do great Saman poses in the bloopers of thor 2 dark world did you happen to watch the extras or, or just the film
0: Oh, I, I did watch the one-shot about uh, Ben Kingsley's not-Mandarin character, which, uh, little side note, I, I, I know that that version of the Mandarin is not even remotely accurate to anything from the comics, uh, but I liked that character, and I liked that idea a lot from Iron Man 3, and it sounds like they're kind of trying to work in the real Mandarin character into uh, the cinematic universe now. So I did see that. I did not see the bloopers, uh, and I also... Doubt that they were actually great man poses, but I bet they were goofy poses nonetheless. And, yeah, uh, they look
1: just like it, but I mean, you you hear people say both sides. They'll say, say man, and then other people go, Ginyu Force. And it's like, when they do the pose, it's totally that. If, if you see it, uh, search it out, you, you, you'll see. that It's like, it must be the most remarkable coincidence ever.
0: Because... they happen they happen to look like the crazy like arms everywhere, like bucket on the head, kind of. Yeah, with the arms,
1: that. you know, uh kind of crouching down, putting your arms curving in like a like a heart on, and top touching the top of your head. Yeah. That's kind of the move they do. And then and then like Thor's doing the Chris Hemsworth is doing like the 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 pose with, you know, like he's pulling a bow and arrow back and the arm up high in the air, and it's like, oh my god, it's totally ginyu force. Or say <laughs> a man. I'll take that for my ego. You
0: know, see, it was funny because I, I was just remembering you were talking about when you did like the rap. And, and Sabbath wanted you to white up the great Saiyan man rap even more. And I'm just like, yeah, that's about as white as you can get. But then I realized, oh, wait, no, wait, it's a Japanese character, so Asian. Oh, wait, no, not even because he's a Saiyan, so not even. No, he, it's not even white. It doesn't even work. So, yeah. man, yeah. guys, but uh, uh, what was I? <laughs> oh, I was, saying, I was saying something about Marvel. Oh, yeah, no, no, so the movies, yeah. Um, I was actually just talking to uh, when we were watching Thor Dark World, a friend of mine who works on Family Guy, he was, because uh, he's like a massive, massive Marvel nerd. And uh, I was asking him about what is this whole thing with Spider-Man happening. I don't know if you guys have talked about this on the show yet. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I feel a little better about that now that I know that, because they're, I know that they're starting over Spider-Man again, again with, with the, the Sony movies and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, But now that I know that whoever they cast for that new, new, new version of Spider-Man will be in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, that I'm cool with, because I thought they were like, oh, we're starting over again, because we're not doing any more of the amazing Spider-Man movies, which I'm a little disappointed about, because I was kind of curious as where they were going to go with that, but apparently everybody hated them, so. Uh, And then I thought, oh, we're going to get... Because I think there were were rumors about, like, Miles Morales or something was going to be the Spider-Man in the Cinematic Universe, or something Mm -hmm. like that. Um, But it sounds like they're trying to keep some level of consistency, I guess, so... You know, I'm... I'm open to it uh, because I've been – I don't know much about comic lore, but the things I've been told about Civil War sound really interesting and if they're actually going to have – spider-man be like a central part of that in the marvel movie then i'm very much looking forward to how they do that so
1: yeah and if if they if they dial back the age because you know they're casting younger which makes me think that okay well they obviously they want to market to a younger audience because you know we want their box office dollars they're the largest market demographic out there right you mean, know, let's get the kids to come see it
0: let's get the kids to get in there ruh, 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 ruh. give me another cigar larry
1: I will have to say Andrew Garfield uh, I really did like his performance and he he must you know I don't know if he 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 had anything to do with this decision that Marvel's making about recasting or if he just you know felt like hey you know I'm down for a trilogy and we we've only done 2 so what are you going to do just pay pay out my contract and send me on my way or yeah I don't know well-
0: well then that's the shitty thing, because I remember you know, I mean, okay, I know everybody's like, Oh, he was a okay Spider Man but wasn't a good Peter Parker versus Toby McGuire was a better Peter Parker and not a good Spider Man. I actually liked Garfield totally fine all across the board. But Same again, here. I but I but I also liked both of the amazing Spider Man movies, and most people I've talked to really, really didn't, so I guess I don't know anything. But either way, he he seemed like really like down for for like doing more stuff with that character i mean obviously the, the money yeah but he was like oh like i want to do avengers like i would love to be part of that because it looks like so much fun and i'd love to have spider-man be in those and everything i was like oh cool like the, just the fact that he seemed on board but now it's like oh they're actually doing that and he doesn't get to do it it's like oh that's that kind of sucks i don't know but mm-hmm. eh. You know, Hollywood, none of this sucks. Oh,
1: man. So I got to get your opinion here before we get into your background, because it's just it's just so friggin hot, uh, you know, hot topic now that we're not the store hot topic, but a hot topic. Uh, as we record uh, this episode of the big Ball broadcast uh, the internet exploded for anime fans everywhere at least old school anime fans Dragon Ball Z is coming back with a brand new show called Dragon B Dragon Ball Z super. Um, I can honestly say I had no idea that was coming. I mean I know that voice actors are always under those strict NDAs non-disclosure agreements we can't talk about fight Club but uh, this came out of nowhere you know that Funimation announced Resurrection F. Uh, which will we will be dubbing and will debut in theaters in North America. Uh, I can't speak for the rest of the world if you're listening, but uh, hopefully they will, you know, follow suit with that. We'll have the English version of that. And then, meanwhile, this summer on TVs in Japan, you get Dragon Ball Z Super. Were you just like flabbergasted that this news actually came to pass after a decade plus of fans going, they're gonna make Dragon Ball AF. It's totally gonna happen. Super Saiyan Four. <laughs>
0: Oh my god! Well, you we think it. No, you mean five. You mean five. You oh, silly, I'm sorry, you five. Silly yes. Five. Sexy yes. saying five. Um, you know it, it's it's so ironic because literally yesterday, uh, as we're recording this on uh, what is it? Today is Tuesday night. Uh, last night I was talking with uh, Kaiser Neko and Takahata of Team Four Stars, two friends of ours who do Dragon Ball Z abridged, and because uh, I obviously got to go see Resurrection F subbed uh, with you and everybody at the Egyptian Theater a couple weeks ago, and that was awesome. And uh, there's been leaked clips and, and footage kind of floating around, and they know the whole like plot of the story. And I don't want to spoil anything. If you guys haven't seen Resurrection F, if you think not got the chance to see it uh, at the premiere yet, and you want to wait, so I won't spoil anything major, obviously. But <clears throat> excuse me, there was um, we had a lot of discussion about like, oh, this movie was so cool, and we're really excited, and oh, I wonder what the next movie will be because you know they'll probably be doing another one. And the whole discussion was the next movie because we were so convinced. You know, it seems like this is going to be what. The thing is now where every like year or two they'll do a new movie that will add to this kind of, uh, you know, this, this sort of blank decade or whatever in the, the DBC timeline of after Boo's defeated but before that little time skip where Pan is born and Oob is at the tournament and all that stuff. Uh, so that's what we were thinking for a really long time <laughs> and, uh, you know, even dating all the way back to Battle of Gods. And I remember all of you guys actually at the Battle of Gods uh, red carpet event uh, almost a whole year ago now. Jesus Christ, it's been that long. Uh, when Anime Expo was happening, right when I moved, everybody still was talking about, oh man, I hope they do a new series, new series, like like Adam Sheehan and Justin Rojas, all these people from Funny were talking about, like that's what they were hoping for, and there were all these rumors floating around. I didn't believe that for a second. I was like, it's like no, they're not going to do a new show. Like, if they, if I'll be very happy if we get more of these movies, and I was happy that we got Resurrection F and everything, but I really didn't think that they were going to go this route. And the fact that they're still having Toriyama involved and everything. Because, like, you know, he might as well be retired, I thought. Like, I mean, he was, he was just kind of producing stuff whenever he felt like. But uh, the fact that they still have him directly involved with this, just like with Battle of Gods and even more so with Resurrection F. Like, I, I'm very curious about when the further details of this thing are going to be coming out soon. Because, yeah, I think uh, July when uh, DBZ Kai, the final chapters, the booze stuff, Uh, Finishes airing in Japan, which is not too long from now. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're going to be getting this, and it's like, good God! Like, what do I even? How do I even deal with this? You know?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So you know, if you watch Battle of Gods and Resurrection F, you know, it it kind of takes care of some of the issues which a lot of uh, the Dragon Ball fans, you know, had with with GT, Um, but. Obviously, it's like a deep Dragon Ball fans' dream to, to just get something brand new uh, from these characters and everything. It has not been licensed. It has only been announced in Japan, so people don't get too excited. I've not been contacted about this. None of the you know, I, I don't know what's brewing uh, behind the behind closed doors negotiations or whatnot. I mean, I mean, it's a it's probably a no brainer. That something that popular that has been popular for many, many years in English in North America would be, you know, up for for a license. it's just a no brainer. But I think it's it's going to be a matter of time. But uh, keep watching those uh, official announcements from Funimation. And uh, I'm sure they'll have some news as time goes on in in, in one way or the other. And everyone's going to probably be very, very happy about all that.
0: Well, especially you, because that means more Gohan for your life, you know, beyond beyond just the video games and beyond just doing the entire story of DBZ that you've done in, like, 700 games by this point. Um, But, uh, and you know what I'm excited about, too, because I was seeing some people, like, already being like, oh, man, it's going to be the Goku and Vegeta show. You know, again, without spoiling too much, I'll say, and hopefully you'll agree with this, Resurrection F was kind of a good indication of, okay... Toei is absolutely on board with doing stuff with the other characters beyond just the Saiyans, you know? Because, like, Gohan and the whole cavalry, I mean, if you've seen the trailers of Resurrection F, you know that, like, Roshi and Tenshinhan and Piccolo and and Krillin get to do a lot of stuff. Uh, They're all in there. Like, it it shows that, and they get, like, some awesome fight scenes. It shows that they really are going to try to give some attention to them. So I'm hoping that that is a sign of, like, Whatever the plot of this new show will be will be a little more uh, evenly dispersed in terms of the attention that is given to all of the, uh, you know, the Earth's heroes, as it were, because I would love to see more stuff with, you know, the characters. Not that I don't love Goku and Vegeta, of course, but seeing stuff with the other people, like even with Gohan and Videl and, and, and a little pan now, little infant. Uh, is is cute i 'd love to see more stuff maybe we 'll get more uh stuff like the driving episode or the great Saiyan Man stuff and you know like the the kind of fun filler that i didn 't mind uh, having be you know put in there so
1: yeah it 's not like the Naruto at bleach where you 're just hundreds of episodes of completely pointless meandering that uh, turns off entire uh <laughs> you know hordes of fans
0: well this is okay i I feel like a lot of people don 't know this, maybe even people who follow your work so you got to understand, everybody, when you have a show that is based on a running comic, like in magazines weekly, and there's a poor like goddamn artist who has to do 18 pages every single week for the rest of their goddamn life, except unless the one they're the creator of One Piece where they're allowed vacations because they're the guy who created One Piece. Uh, good for Oda. But <laughs> but uh, <laughs> otherwise, you got you to keep doing that. And when meanwhile, when you're an animation studio, you got – a half-an-hour time slot that you can't give up for anything. So you have to keep making stuff. It's not like when we had, you know, Last Airbender, they could just, oh, we'll take like a year break between season one and two or whatever, like, Recora, etc. Where they could just, you know, take a break for as long as they want. No. With Japan, you have to keep producing a 22-minute piece of animation every single week, without stopping. And, you know, especially when you're deriving from, uh, you know, a a source of canon, which is the comic, it's like you have to make sure that you're not uh, getting beyond it, because then we have a full metal alchemist situation, and that's a whole other can of worms I'm not going to open. But you know what I'm talking about, Kyle, uh, from <laughs> doing from from doing both the original <laughs> the, 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 the quote the quote, unquote, the quote unquote original show and then Brotherhood, which was the rest of the comic plot, et cetera. Yeah, you know. But like, imagine okay, imagine it's like the you know, the mid '90s. Dragon Ball is running the comic in Shonen Jump at that time. And the show is airing weekly, both weekly, for years, right? And, you know, and the staff is like, okay, well, what do we do? We can either, okay, we'll cut back to Earth and Chi-Chi and the others are trying to make a spaceship. It's like Goku and Frieza are fighting on television and in the comic at the same time. It's like, what the hell do we do? It's like, okay, we got to, let's buy ourselves a couple months. Let's do the Garlic Jr. arc. We'll, We'll bring the movie one villain back or something, you know. Like, that's the reason why it turned out the way it did, and it's the exact same reason why Naruto and Bleach and One Piece and any long-running show like that has to be that way. Because they have to keep going with it, and and they don't have the same kind of luxury that we do with animation like this. But here's the difference. Here's the difference, and this is what I think is going to work out. This is all new material, not derived from anything, and it's not in that situation. So if they wanted to do like a 26 episode or 52 episode or whatever, even 13, for all I know, who the hell knows, uh, arc and pace it out whatever way they want in in you know and make specific episodes about things and not just this is the episode where Goku stands around and holds his arms up while the Spirit Bomb charges, of of three of those you know like they can they can pace it out whatever way they want and Toei does good stuff, you know. So I think that with that scenario, we're going to get something really different for DBZ, just the way that the stories have been presented to us in the past, and I think it's going to be really good. I'm really, really excited to see what they do with it.
1: It, It's exciting that, you know, while they haven't announced an episode count, to my knowledge, but... You know, like you are saying, they don't have that constraint where they're just locked into, we have to honor, you know, like Kai with with staying close to the manga, this one, brand new material, so they're not married to it as much. They have some more freedom because the future hasn't been written yet. Oh, my God. Um, Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's an exciting opportunity uh, for sure. Now, something that I don't understand about what they do in Japan in terms of broadcast schedules is... Why the hell don't they just do repeats? You know, why why why, you know, do they have to have brand new shows every single week, which is great if you're a fan of that stuff and you know you're going to get brand new this that and the other, but you know, in North America anyway, I don't I can't speak for Europe, but a TV season is you know, you play like 7-8 episodes, then you have a repeat here and there for a week or two, and you know, now the the trend thanks to probably shows like Walking Dead where you have, you know, 3 or 4 month break in the season and they just pad it with 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 re- airing old episodes. Do you have any idea why Japan doesn't just re-air older episodes?
0: I mean, I believe that they do have repeats, and of course they have home releases that, you know, which they have like three episodes of pop still, which is like not acceptable for this day and age. Uh, but, I, you know, I, I don't know. I think it's just a matter of like when they buy the time slot, uh, they have to just do whatever they can with it. Like, actually it's kind of funny because you are talking about Dragon Ball Kai, which Dragon Ball Kai had a lot more leeway because of the fact that they could they could. Uh, cut it down to X amount of episodes. In that case, right? But, uh, but interestingly, so when that show, when, when Dragon Ball Kai was airing in Japan, uh, they went through the whole thing, you know, straight ahead from beginning of what Raditz shows up up until when, when Cell is defeated, right? Mm-hmm. So, Dragon Ball Kai, if those of you who don't know, actually didn't do very well in Japan. It did super well over here because it was on Nickelodeon and, and the DVD sold like hotcakes. But in Japan, it didn't do very well. So as soon as it, was, as it was over, Toei was like, well, we still own this spot, so as soon as that last episode airs, we're going to start airing Toriko because that's the new hot shit. And like, yeah, it's like DBC with food and whoa, etc. And that was the big thing, and they went on with that for a while. And then, unfortunately, Toriko, from what I understand, did even worse than how, quote-unquote, bad Dragon Ball Kai did in Japan. So, and, uh, and then, you know, they were like, well, I guess, uh, you know, even though the, the word is, I mean, you know, this was, this was officially said by Japan – uh, Dragon Ball Kai The Final Chapters, which is the Boo episodes, Kaiified, uh, was produced specifically for the international market. It, and it's been airing in like, China and some other places as well uh, with their appropriate dubs. But uh, they weren't even going to air those episodes in Japan. But because of, of how badly Toriko did, they said, well, we still have this time slot. So as soon as it's over, let's just slap on the, the Boo Kai episodes with Final Chapters. And that's what they're playing right now. And following suit, as soon as that's over in July, we get Dragon Ball Super. So it, it just really seems like it's kind of a, like an assembly line of like we have to keep the slot because it's like – they, like they have uh, Saturday morning. They have like an equivalent of like what we would have for Saturday morning where they'd air like Pokemon or Yu-Gi-Oh! back in the day. And that was a big thing, you know. And I think that that's the matter of like they don't want to give that up because it's such a valuable place for people to actually be watching TV that, okay, well, if we don't keep producing something, somebody else is going to buy it up or, or whatever. And then we have to figure it out. You know, on in some other way, and then that they you know lose business and they lose money for that, you know. So. Oh, nice, nice.
1: Okay, so, um, everyone who knows you know that you're obviously a huge Dragon Ball nerd. Uh, uh-huh. uh one of our friends and voice actor colleagues, Ben Diskin, you guys drove down to a, a convention in San Diego and you talked his ear off for like three hours straight with with every <laughs> little subtle nuance of trivia. <laughs> Apparently, uh, this is a rumor. I don't know if there's any truth oh, to it. Oh, oh
0: no, oh no! This is—I well, will 100% confirm that was truth. On the way there and the way back, it was—it uh it was a fun ride. Thankfully, he doesn't want to murder me <laughs> after all <laughs> that.
1: <laughs> so, is—is is that one of the first shows that you—you you got into anime with? Is that one of one of the—the the things you cut your teeth with uh, the fandom?
0: Oh, absolutely! Yeah, it was uh that and Pokemon kind of hit a ride right around the same time, and uh, it was funny because that was when uh dbz was hearing in syndication on just like random channels before a uh, cartoon network snatched it up and made it the big thing that it was uh in, in the u.s it was uh, just those first couple ocean group dubs uh sagas uh rerunning over and over and the very first episode i ever saw weirdly enough was boma meets the crab on namek and that was enough to hook me by some miracle of christ i don't know how that one happened but uh <laughs> i i saw that And uh, that was also actually, yeah, it was funny because it was airing just before Pokemon was on weekday mornings on WB uh, when it was being syndicated. And, uh, yeah, so I'd see it there. And, uh, you know, I followed it all the way through and finished it on TV, bought a lot of the uh, VHS tapes. I did a whole seven episode uh, series of Vlogs leading up to when we had the Resurrection F red carpet premiere, which Kyle was also gracious enough to be part of. Ah, And um, we did one of those. And that was a lot of fun. And, ah, uh, wonderful. yeah, it's, it's just one of those shows. I, 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 literally know like way too much about like the lore and the characters and, and like the production behind it and like why things are the way they are and why this and that. Like I have so many answers about things that like a lot of people still don't even realize, but they're just kind of out there. And I owe a lot of that to, uh, Mike Libri and, uh, Julian Grabowski who run, uh, what was once Dai Zenshu is now Kan Zenshu, a very, uh, authoritative Dragon Ball Z website because they know their shit. I'll just put it that way. Um, <laughs> they taught me a lot, and uh, and now I've just become, like, this weird aficionado of, like, knowing too many things about this franchise. And, uh, yeah, I could fill up a car ride for three hours or more with just talking incessantly about that shit. So, All right. <laughs> did that
1: have any influence uh, on on you becoming an animator?
0: Uh, yeah, I would say so. I think more so my art style, more so than... Uh, than, than being an animator specifically. But, uh, yeah, seeing a lot of how the story progressed and how these characters were and, and Toriyama's artwork, I mean, even if you don't like Dragon Ball Z or Dragon Ball anything or whatever, like, Toriyama's art is incredible. Like, his character design is just so iconic and so lovable. Even though, like, between Dragon Ball and, like, Chrono Trigger or Dragon's Quest or whatever, like, yeah, like, oh, that character looks kind of like Gohan or that character looks kind of like, you know, Dodoria or whatever. It's like, yes, I know, there's a little the little tropes in the way that he draws characters, but they're just so like lovable and iconic. And I just can't get enough of that stuff. So that definitely influenced the way that I draw and anybody who has seen Tome and notices the character designs of, uh, Alpha and Zeto in particular. I mean, Zeto is literally just the word is this the letter Z and how the Japanese pronounce it. Cause you know, Dragon Ball Zetto, um, you know, and he's just like full out, like he's a Dragon Ball Z tribute in his existence. And, uh, Alpha is very much derived from Chrono, from Chrono Trigger, so, uh, yeah, Toriyama's art was, uh, was a major influence. Animation-wise, uh, there were a lot of other stuff. Definitely anime in general, but uh, I wouldn't say specifically Dragon Ball Z for that case.
1: Okay. Uh, what about domestic animation, like Disney, Warner Brothers?
0: Totally. Yeah, yeah. All the uh, Spielberg, Warner Brothers co-productions like Tiny Toons, Animaniacs, uh, the classics like Looney Tunes, of course. Uh, you know, a lot of the Cartoon Network uh, early 90s shows. And honestly, even now, we have so much good stuff on TV, like... I remember, remember when there was that brief period where, like, oh man, there's no good animation on TV except for like Avatar and like two other shows. And now we have all these really good animated shows on like every channel, and it's like amazing. And there's web stuff. I mean, I mean, I'm not even talking about myself, but there's other like really good web animation stuff all over YouTube and and in all these different places now, and it's it's great. And uh, and that continues to inspire me now, like even today, like like not just my old nostalgic. Uh, influences from back then but just everything that we have now is like amazing and it's like oh i gotta keep making cool shit forever i can't stop so
1: yeah it seems like a lot of new indie and, and up-and-coming artists kind of cut their teeth on uh flash sites like newgrounds and whatnot is that where you is that where you started
0: absolutely yeah newgrounds is what i owe my entire uh i guess kind of early quote-unquote career to because all my i mean you know i mean you you uh, did some little bit parts of my old stuff like parody rangers and the nintendo collabs and all that of course back in the day um and uh yeah I, I, it was a big learning experience i did a lot of like parody stuff back then and you know kind of learned uh sort of how to present myself and you know better at animation techniques and storytelling techniques and just kind of the path that i wanted to be on eventually and that in tandem with going to college and everything but uh yeah newgrounds was a big startup place for a lot of really successful independent animators now uh like absolutely and uh you know youtube has kind of become the consolidated place for all of that now Mm uh which kind of sucks but it's like eh, you know it is what it is so whatever i just kind of try to you know make use of it as best as i can with what i'm doing currently um but uh yeah there are so many great animators that have come from the online world that are all very they're all like self-taught and uh and they produce like really funny or really amazing stuff like still to this day and uh yeah, I'm very happy to be part of that. Of course, I would love to, you know, branch out. That's part of why I moved to California is because I want to branch out and do studio stuff. But, you know, that's a whole nother uh, ball game, I guess you could say.
1: Yeah. Now you be- you managed to, to to build your audience through the years, and now with your your YouTube series Tome, which I was a part of, and you've got some other voice actors on the amateur and professional side, all all, all chipping in and everything. And you got a lot of hits and everything. How did you get to that point where, um, you know, the social media awareness of you know, the Kerbifer, the Chris Niosi brand, as it were, uh, developed.
0: It's funny. I actually just today released a Curb blog about how I, I always try to put my work before my, the credit to me or before my name or anything, uh, which is which is kind of a not smart idea to do because it's better to be like, this is a Chris Niosi production or whatever, but I'm more focused on, like, the actual, like, story, like, the show itself, you know? Mm-hmm. But uh, it, it definitely, the leg up I had was thanks to, Uh, My Newgrounds audience, uh, the ones who are willing to stay on board and, you know, delve into like, hey, this is original stuff. I'm not doing parody stuff anymore. I want to do original productions, which is what I've always wanted to do from the beginning, long before I even picked up a copy of Flash. And uh, thankfully, you know, it was definitely an uphill battle. But um, thanks to, you know, just the the show slowly growing over the last three years – uh, having folks like yourself, uh, you know, be part of it and helping to promote it and get, you know, get spread the word out there and everything. And it's still not like, you know, I don't get like millions of views on anything. I'm lucky if I get in like the six digit range on, on a single episode or whatever. But uh, the satisfaction I get from it is incomparable to anything else I've ever done. And, uh, you know, and the dedication. I mean, we were able to, as you saw last year, uh, around this time, actually, we did the crowdfunding campaign for Tome Season 2. And uh, yeah, everybody was just overwhelmingly supportive and donating. We, we we raised 18 grand, uh, and which was awesome. And uh, I'm currently working on the last two episodes of uh, season two, uh, and trying to get those ready for some special things that I can't talk about just yet. Um, but uh, yeah, it was definitely an uphill battle, but the the struggle was worth it. And where I am now, I'm I'm very happy about. But of course, I I wish to to push forward and you know ascend to greater heights and ascend to the next level of of, of super saiyan, super sub, superhuman.
1: Yeah, yeah. Now, you know, you've also, on top of, of of doing the animation stuff, you've also forayed into voice acting and all this stuff. So, catch the folks listening up uh, to you know some of your credits, how you got in, and and where you're at now, and now that you're on the West Coast.
0: Sure. Uh, well, I, you know, it's funny. My interest in voiceover kind of stemmed from a casting perspective, and Kyle, as you know, because we'll be working uh, hopefully this year on uh, a little indie game called Cryomore. Uh, I do, uh, casting and directing for indie games, uh, you know, on like stuff that's on the Kickstarter and things like that in steam. And, uh, my interest in voiceover came from casting because I would look up you guys and all the shows that I watched as a kid. And I was like, who would I cast for? Like if I did, you know, balancing act or tome or this project or whatever in at Funimation or at four kids or at studiopolis or at ocean or whatever, you know, and I'd make like my little dream casts of things. And then I kind of started building up a, a standard of what I considered to be good and bad acting. And, um, you know, I was kind of trying to hold myself up to that. And I was studying the crap out of all of you guys. And, uh, you know, and then eventually started taking workshops and everything. But the, the first opportunity I had was, I was at a con at the now defunct uh, New York Anime Fest. <laughs> and uh, there was a contest being ho- uh, hosted by uh, Michael Cinder-Nicholas, who is, of course, a very accomplished anime director and actor. Uh, and Tom Wayland, who was previously the longest-running director on the Pokémon series, they were hosting a, uh, a voiceover contest that I entered completely on a whim. And I did it, and I won the contest, and the prize was supposed to be you get given one part in a show that one of the two of them was working on. Cinder uh, Nicholas was more focusing on the West Coast, so Tom Wayland, uh was working on Pokémon, but at the time, you could not just be given a part on Pokémon. You had to audition for it. And I preferred that because I didn't want to just be handed something. I'd be like, okay, bye-bye, you know, like AX Idol. That's happened, I think, a few times, unfortunately. Not not always because a lot of people have come from that as well. But, uh, yeah, so I auditioned for my first part. I didn't get it, and then Tom took me aside and he said, look, I know we owe you because of the contest, but I wouldn't really call you in for the show if I didn't think that you were good. So I was like, okay, so I had a vote of confidence, and then another half a year passed, and I auditioned, and I got my first character, which was Corey. That was my first professional part, was a five-episode character on Pokemon. This is around when... Uh, Heart Gold and Soul Silver were coming out for the, uh, the DS. <laughs> and, um, I got that, and then afterward I was like, oh, maybe I'm not as bad as, uh, maybe I'm not too bad at this, maybe I should try pursuing this. And, uh, and then afterward, uh, started getting some video game roles and a lot of, uh, you know, PC games, you know, smaller things. Uh, did some more anime, thanks to Stephanie Shea and Mike Sutter-Nicholas at, uh, NYAV Post. And, uh, yeah, just continued onward, and then eventually I moved out here again primarily for animation. And, um... Since I've been out here, I've done uh, three video games, uh, two of which are not out yet. One of them is called Sick Bricks, where I voice a bunch of uh, uh, bizarre Lego-esque uh, parody characters, uh, which was a lot of fun. And uh, I've done one anime, uh, which I think I'll be allowed to talk about soon, but I don't know when yet. Uh, yeah, so there's a whole bunch of that stuff, and it's been a lot of fun. And uh, you know, I, and it's it's taken off pretty quickly. i I've been very 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 grateful for the stuff that i've been able to do so far and uh you know here's hoping i can get the chance to play uh more with with uh, with more of you all in the future so oh totally man
1: uh it, it's just it's really really cool to you know i've seen when, when we first met you were coming at it from a fan perspective and you crossed over kind of like i did i went to conventions as a fan and then in no time suddenly i was on the other side of, of the uh, the panelists table and the, and the autographs thing and and entering the whole you know con scene and everything, and I, I really, really respect what you've been able to build uh, in your animation realm, as well as in your voiceover stuff, and you know taking the plunge, which you know takes a lot of guts to pick up and and move across the country in the hopes that something is going to stick. Not only you you know you're following your your dreams of you know perhaps getting into the Disney's and the DreamWorks of the world, Warner Brothers and whatnot as an animator, but continuing to make inroads professionally as a voice actor too. So I just wanted to. Give you a big thumbs up there, man.
0: Uh, well, I appreciate that. And actually, I, I guess uh, I'll be a little vague with this because I'm sure this isn't allowed to be talked about yet. But a really great experience that I had early on when I got into town was uh, uh, you and I and a couple other folks uh, got the chance to record for an animation thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was an ensemble recording. And that's all I'll say. I won't go into the details, obviously, because we can't talk about it. But uh, I got to record an ensemble cartoon session and it was like one of the funnest goddamn experiences I have ever had and I knew that that ensemble records were like a shit ton of fun but actually getting to be in there with like you and me and like the four or five other folks that were there and the director it was just a goddamn blast and I would love to be even even for my own stuff hopefully if I can coordinate people's schedules correctly I would love to be able to do more of that because uh, that is like a feeling like no other. I got to say,
1: it is. It truly is. It's what I moved to the West Coast for specifically. Even though I've made a career out of doing anime and now video games as well, I've done a ton of it and I continue to. And I'm very, very grateful for that because I'm a fan of those art forms and, the, and genres and everything. But uh, growing up on on Warner Brothers, Looney Tunes, and all that, being a Mel, Mel Blanc fan, and and now you know being in the same town as Billy West and Rob Paulson, Maurice LaMarche, and all these these legends, Frank Welker, and June foray and everybody just, you know, I want to break into that realm, even though, you know, a a lot of cartoons, the quality has suffered through the years. And it's like, why do you want to work on cartoons so bad when the stories and the animation and anime are so much better? But, uh, you know, once in a while you do get something that pierces through uh, the the proverbial shit.
0: The time we're living in right now, I mean, I know you probably don't get the chance to watch a whole lot of shows, too, is the other thing. But, I mean, like, Cartoon Network alone, we have, like, Regular Show, Adventure Time, Gumball, Steven Universe... Clarence all these like really genuinely funny shows that have cool stories and like really interesting characters that people get super attached to and everything like and then on the Disney side we have like Gravity Falls and we had uh, the Tron Legacy before that and Motor City uh, and then Star as, as a new one that just came out that people like I have to check that one out at some point point. and then Nickelodeon the new Ninja Turtles is like amazing uh, Korra I love to death. Uh, you know, and I mean, sp- that new Spongebob movie, I didn't get the chance to go see that, but I was hearing really good things about it. Like, right now, we're in a great time for cartoons, where, like, there are very few, like, you know, I mean, I'll play devil's advocates, there's very few Johnny Tests these days. Um, <laughs> so, so Sorry, Trevor! Um, you know, but, like, I, but, no, I'm serious, So there's very few, like, not great shows on right now in terms of animation, and I'm very happy about that, because, I mean, not even that long ago, there was all this worry of like, oh, you know, we're out of the golden age of animation, and it's all going to be toy commercials. In fact, actually, that's the thing. Even the toy commercial shows, look at how My Little Pony took off. It was like – just because it was a good show, and G.I. Joe Renegades was like incredible. I loved. I, I won another season of that, but that's never happening. And like Transformers Prime, I thought was pretty good, and the new one they've got coming out soon. It's like even the even the toy commercial shows are amazing too. It's like we're in a great time for animation right now.
1: What's your what's your take on uh, the toy companies having such a huge influence on whether a show continues? Like Thundercats, the new one, which was basically an anime but recorded as a cartoon, uh, had good ratings <laughs> and then didn't sell shit for toys, so they yanked it. Or Young Justice not selling enough toys, and then just too many girls watching it, so we have to yank it. Like really? Oh.
0: I, I, I do think that the, the suits that don't get that should should try to uh, capitalize on other kinds of um, uh, dimensions of how animated shows can make money, you know, because, I mean, you know, look at the anime scene, too, going back to that about how anime have better plots, I mean, you know, piracy was destroying that, and it was, you know, shutting studios down and, and preventing all this crap from happening, and that sucked, and... You know, I mean, what they had to kind of adhere to is like, hey, simulcasting or, you know, streaming stuff. It's like we have to do that to evolve, you know. And, of course, people still will buy toys and they'll still buy merchandise and card games and whatever. But not everybody is going to do that. And you have to be able to adhere to that. I mean, you know, how did Adult Swim animation shows survive? Yes, obviously, they were a little more they were a little less expensive because they, a lot of them were kind of like Flash sort of stuff. But even so, like, it still costs a lot of money to do that. And they weren't really making a whole lot of merchandise for those shows because, what, do you think, like, stoned guys up at, like, 4 o'clock in the morning watching Squidbillies are going to go to Hot Topic and buy an action figure of the main character or whatever? Like, no, probably not. So, I mean, everybody has to find ways to make this stuff work. And I think that people who are just like, oh, man, the like, what was another one? A Symbionic Titan, another Denny, Denny-, Denny- Kurtikovsky oh, I love that one. And, and I, I, I'll even say I actually didn't like that show that much, but I did think that the fact that they shut that one down based on the lack of toy sales is like, why? Like, that doesn't... I don't I don't know. I, I get it, but I don't get it, and I think that, like, that's a model that kind of needs to also evolve. And I think it eventually will, because, like, so much stuff has changed with this market now, and, like, you know, creators also have a lot more influence than they used to, even though, like, yeah, toy companies and... You know, stuff like Hasbro and everything like they do have a lot of influence. But I think that also creators are having a lot more say and a lot more personal involvement with how that stuff goes now. So I'm hoping things will change for the better. But even so, like I, I still think it goes back to we're in a really good position with just animated stuff right now in general. So I'm very happy about that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like like we were talking last week about how, you know, Marvel is is, is, is great inroads they're making in the cinematic universe they're kind of, you know, a slap in the face with some of the the merchandising aspect for female characters. It's like, why are you dropping the ball on this? Or if they're actually just being out and out out and out sexist with not not Marvel, but but companies like, you know, uh, maybe Cartoon Network just axing a show because oh there's too many girls watching it, or Tron Uprising on Disney XD having low ratings because granted that channel is marketed towards 8 to 10-year-old boys, but Tron nerds tend to be in their 30s and 40s. Um, you know, it's just like, come on guys, what's wrong if something outside of your target demographic is watching it? Isn't that isn't it doesn't it boil down to the almighty dollar? If you're going to gain fans based on merchandising or DVD sales, streams, what not, who cares where it's coming from, right?
0: And and looping back to the the first couple subjects, I mean, look at the Marvel movies, look at the Pixar movies, look at Dragon Ball Z. You know, I mean Dragon Ball Z I think is a good example to use the best because it was in like okay, and I remember back, you probably experienced this back in the day when people would discover the Japanese version. You'd be like, "Oh man, this show is for adults. They curse and there's blood." Like that is a show and a comic produced for little boys. It's shonen for a reason. It was produced and created for little boys. Mm-hmm. But, but there's that big hairy butt. That's a phrase I stole from you, Kyle. Sex. Uh, yeah. Uh, it look at how massive the demographic of that series is. And the Pixar movies and the Marvel stuff in general, especially the movies, you know, because it's the most mainstream of, of what they have right now. But men, women, children, adults, teenagers, everybody loves that stuff because there are just some things about it. And you actually said this on the curb blog we did about how there are just some universal themes that just hit everybody, and they all like it, and that's the way it is. And you know what? That's completely true, and that's why those things are so successful. And I think that people who, you know, whoever are in charge of making those decisions that don't benefit everybody in the long run and, and, you know, cause some of these things to get axed, they need to understand that. And maybe that is a little bit of like a lofty, like, oh, no, everybody loves everything. It's like, no, you know, it it isn't as black and white as that, but I mean, that's kind of partially what the, the ideal you have to take in order to not just be so pessimistic about like well never mind 13 episodes okay, we're done next thing whatever you know but i don't know there's i feel like there's less of that now so hopefully that trend will continue of like people will be smarter about how to conduct these things and we won't have good stuff taken off the air and we'll continue to have new good things put on the air that would be that would be better so
1: Nice. Okay, so um, we've kind of gone over some you know, some of the current tunes that catch your ear. Let's learn a little bit about uh, what makes Kirby for Tick, what makes Chris Niosi, uh run. Okay, what, what, what movies are you most excited about this year, whether they're live action or animation? Besides oh Avengers. We got Avengers this week, but
0: yeah. You know what's stupid about me is I'm so, like, in the moment about... Going to see movies with people, I just forget, so I don't even remember. I, I mentioned before, Inside Out. I definitely want to see when that comes out this year, uh, and of course, Avengers. What else is coming out this year? Help me, Kyle. Well,
1: in a matter of weeks, we got Mad Max: Fury Road. Uh, that's that's one I am really, really just Jonesing for. Obviously, we got Star Wars in December. Me and oh, Steve yeah, yeah, are big yeah.
0: nerds for for that. That's right. Yeah, I'm not even a big Star Wars fan, but seven looks good. I'm gonna go see it. I I'm excited. Yeah, that 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 for sure. Uh God, what else? Mad Max looked pretty cool from the trailer. I don't know anything about it other than that one trailer, but that looked pretty cool. Uh, nice big um, long
1: chase scene. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it, it 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 follows is one that I might go with uh, a couple friends to this week at some point because they said that was pretty good. Um, I heard Unfriended was just bad, like not even funny bad. It was just like bad bad, like like a uh, Last Airbender live action bad.
1: <laughs> oh, that's a, uh, that's a hard bad to attain, man.
0: Yeah, well, because, like, Dragon Ball Evolution was funny bad. That was funny bad. But, like, Last Airbender was just, like, I want to go home bad. Uh, And apparently Unfriended wasn't even, like, amusing. So it's like, oh, that sucks. Because that looked like it could have been, like, kind of amusing. But, eh. is Is there any other, like, major one this year? I can't even think. Gosh, uh,
1: <laughs> we're a geek podcast we're like what's coming out this year I don't know uh, Star Wars and uh, uh things you're, you're, dipping,
0: you're dipping a into king a little bit there. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's a good voice I think you, sh- you can make a career out of that
0: yeah I should I can make a career by having three lines in a parody of the second most successful anime property in the world thanks guys anyway uh, yeah, yeah.
1: so uh, Attack on Titan, there's a live action Attack on Titan, which I have not seen the show, I'm even in the show and I haven't seen it. What folks don't know oh, yeah. about anime dubs is we don't get to watch the shows ahead of time, we only see what we dub, so we only see what's pertinent to our characters. We record, I've got a copy of the first season one box set or whatnot. Uh, the one, part one or whatever, but I haven't had time. I just get you know. What's you must watch anime all the time? And like, no, I I don't have enough time to to watch it. My my latest one that I really really like is Space Dandy. I think it's silly, it's stupid, it's over the top with gorgeous animation, uh, and it's helped spiral in this new era in anime where you have you know Funimation for example working with Japanese companies to bring shows to debut shows in English as they debut in Japanese. I'm, I'm really looking forward to see that continue, that, that that trend continue, even though it can be a little bit difficult on the production squ- schedule sort of thing, uh, side of things.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, I would love to see more stuff like Space Dandy in the future, like, in terms of, like, shows simultaneously airing and etc. I mean, th- there's been a lot of companies, including Funimation, who have been trying to make that, that step to like get that stuff happen and I I hope we get more of that yeah Space Dandy was a lot of fun I need to finish it there were like three or four episodes I hadn't seen yet and uh, I have to go back and watch those at some point there's that Um, Attack on Titan I've seen about 14 episodes that was the first like show that took over the world that I finally understood the hype for because I was like okay I can see why people like this so much Uh, I wasn't like jizzing my pants over but I did like it and I have to finish more of that and then uh, Kill a Kill uh, I've got like maybe like five or six episodes left to get through on that one uh I've been I've been following uh Sailor Moon subbed uh and dubbed on Hulu when they put the dubbed episodes up uh, once in a while. And uh that's a lot of fun. I've been hearing you scattered throughout random episodes as people, which was funny.
1: Oh yeah, I like being the uh, the pastor who turns into like boxy, the, the giant boxing bird or whatever. It's just like yeah. what? The and hell are they he smoking? And, the, and cat. the cat, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can't forget the cat. I'm, I'm sure I'll be coming back later. It's like, hey girl, you want to work on Sailor Moon? Like, uh, sure, <laughs> why not?
0: I hope, I hope you get a, I hope you get a named character at some point. That
1: Could would be, be nice. Up.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh, you've, you've been in like almost every single major like franchise anime ever at this point. I swear to God, like everyone that comes through, you've been somebody in it
1: uh yeah although i do admit envy and i don't want to seem like i'm ungrateful but like when a game comes out like mortal kombat i'm not in that at all <laughs> a lot of my friends oh. are i <laughs> want to be on mortal kombat i'm already in street fighter i'm in soul Calibur, i want to be <laughs> damn it i want to be in mortal kombat
0: oh oh by the way by the way speaking of ryu did you hear about this thing with smash brothers recently
1: i have heard all sorts of rumors
0: okay all right let me clear this up so Uh, Actually, because we were kind of joking about this just before we hit the record button. So today, uh, they just put out the... Well, they they had it for the people who registered their systems earlier, but now this is for everybody else who didn't do that. Uh, There's a new patch for Super Smash Bros. for Wii U, and 3DS, where Mewtwo is the first of a few planned DLC characters that they have coming down the pipe. (laughs) And uh, they opened up a ballot where people can vote for a character uh, to be considered and made into a fully playable character in Smash Brothers for DLC, mm-hmm. uh, which is quite unprecedented. Uh, for the previous one, Brawl, they had a poll in Japan only, and I don't know how much that actually affected it, but they did do that. And this is the first time they're opening it up to anybody and everybody. <laughs> so apparently, uh, when people got the patch for Mewtwo, uh, when the people who registered their systems and they got him like about a week ahead of time or whatever... Uh, somebody dug into the ROM files of uh, the 3DS version with that new patch with Mewtwo included, and they found uh, some very vague data for a couple other characters, including Lucas from uh, Earthbound, who's going to be the next character coming in after Mewtwo, uh, Roy from Fire Emblem, who was in the GameCube Super Smash Bros. game, and they found uh, some files with a, a stage theme and a victory theme for Ryu in there so now yeah now okay now here's the thing capcom is already involved with the game because mega man is playable in the game right and so they have capcom's involvement with it already right so that makes me think that in general third-party characters are open for consideration for this Uh, and i was going to vote for ryu because i would love to have you in the game kyle Uh, but now I'm a little conflicted because now I'm wondering if they were already planning to have Ryu in the game, uh, because that could be kind of cool, and in which case I would save my vote for somebody else that isn't already planned, but I'm conflicted now, but either way, I would love that to be the case because then we can basically have, uh, Kid Trunks, Goku, Vegeta, uh, Japanese Vegeta, and Gohan all in the game, all in Super Smash Bros., more or less.
1: From a completely egotistical, selfish standpoint, I would love for this to come true. Now, my question is is not whether or not it's going to happen, but like, who the hell sits there and and decides to dig through and look for inside those type of files anyway? I I mean, are the people digging for for clues? Is that what?
0: You know. Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, people listen. Since like like generation two of Pokemon, like when they did uh, Gold and Silver, people immediately just like because every every generation of Pokemon, they'll have like like three or four ones that have not been officially acknowledged by Nintendo that they'll show in like the movies or like in special events and we'll give them away at like Toys R Us or things like that, GameStop, etc. And people would just dig into the ROM files. And find every single thing in the game now because of patches that doesn't happen as much anymore but it still can happen you know that's the other reason why I'm thinking remember even back when the uh, the original Big Ball broadcast was happening people were complaining about the DLC for Street Fighter because it was technically already on the disc and you just had to unlock it by paying extra money now what they're doing because Sakurai the guy who directed uh, all the Super Smash Brothers series uh, Masahiro Sakurai he hates that he does not believe in that business model so any of these new DLC characters, they're working on after they finish the initial stuff on the game, right? <laughs> so that's why they're opening up this thing now where they want to get feedback from people on, you know, who, who do people want in this game? and uh, And the fact, I mean, I already had, like, you know, some hope that okay, third party more third party characters would be open for consideration because Bandai co-produced the game. They have Pac-Man and uh, Shulk from Xenoblade Chronicles, which is another Bandai game in there. They have Sonic from Sega in there. They have uh, uh, Mega Man from Capcom, like I mentioned before. And previously, they had Snake uh, from Metal Gear Solid, who is a Konami character. You know, so mm-hmm. I think that this is very possible. I don't know if they already are already planning it. I don't know if maybe they know that people do this and because Capcom's already involved and they have the ability to just, you know, put in things in the coding that people wouldn't normally find. Maybe this is even a publicity stunt. Maybe this is a fake out. I don't know. Uh, but people found it and they've done this with all of the games previously. People have been doing this for years. Yeah, for sure. They, they dig through and find clues and unused animations and, and coding and things like that all the time. <laughs> um,
1: how, is, how easy it is to sit there and insert some code just to troll people
0: I, yeah I mean I, I, I don't know if they would do that but I do wonder if maybe that is why it's in there but either way I would love for Ryu to be in the game because seriously between Captain Falcon is Japanese Vegeta Laura Bailey is Lucina Shemmel is Lucario uh, and, and you're Ryu I mean like because people are like I want Goku to be in Smash Brothers and they're never they're never going to have like non-video game characters in smash at any point it's never happening but this is the next best thing i mean forgot and ryu is the most iconic fighting game character in history having him in this incredibly iconic fighting game franchise that is perfectly humanly possible for him to be in would be pretty awesome so I'd be down with that. I'm just putting that out
1: there. Right. It, it makes your voice high. It would make my voice high, too. It's like, please hire me. Uh, yeah. Yes, I, I am totally on board with that, completely for, for selfish reasons. It's like, how can I get on Smash Brothers? Huh. Maybe if they got a character that I voice already in another series. Huh. <laughs> now, oh, granted,
0: gra- granted uh, Roger Craig Smith, who voices Sonic the Hedgehog now, they recycled a bunch of clips of him from other Sonic games that he had done to make his whole voice pack in Smash Brothers. So oh, that's cheap. That's a, yeah, that's a little. <laughs> uh, ah, yeah, That sucks. But so, I mean, granted, they could probably pull a bunch of clips of you from Street Fighter Tekken or Street Fighter 4 or something and do that, too. But hopefully they won't do that because that would be nice. They, uh, but well, I, they
1: they could. Although I have to I, I have to acknowledge zero twelve twelve eight X on our chat room says I want to hear Curb on Helium now. I'm not so sure that would be a wise decision.
0: By the way, everybody want okay. I guess I'll say this because this is the first platform I've had for this. Everybody keeps asking me to make like a promotional video like that, like they're like it's that extreme. They want me to make a video about it to tell everybody to vote for Gino from Super Mario RPG. Guys, listen. That is my favorite game of all time. Okay, I made two music videos about how much I love that game. I have been Geno for Halloween twice in my life. Once when I was 10 and once when I was... <clears throat> uh, <laughs> <laughs> There's no way it's happening. There is no way that is happening. Cloud Strife from Final Fantasy VII is more likely to be picked for Smash Brothers than Geno is. I'm sorry. It pains me to say that. It really does. But that's how it is. I'm sorry. I would rather put my vote on somebody more realistic, like Rio. So,
1: All right. Well, Chris Neozi has spoken, and on that note, uh, we're at the hour mark, so we got to pull the plug on this episode of the Big All Ball right. Broadcast. If you want to go ahead and plug, where can folks find you online?
0: Sure. Uh, I am Kerberfer on most things, which is K-I-R-B-O-P-H-E-R. It's like Christopher, except Kirby here. Uh, my YouTube channel is kerberfer 15 I don't know if you have show notes or anything, but maybe Kyle will have some links to some Oh, yeah,
1: stuff. yeah. Here on Skype, just type in your links. I'll paste them into the show notes.
0: Sure thing. And I'm, yeah, I'm Kerberfer on Twitter and Tumblr. Uh, you can go to the uh, uh, the Tome Facebook page if you want to check out the series. Kyle plays. Uh, imagine if uh, if Kyle was the Supreme Kai. That's more or less what Webmaster from Tome is like. So, you know, that's any incentive, to want to check it out. Um, yeah, and uh, you can go check out that series. And the uh, Facebook.com slash Tome series is the uh, page for that as well. Uh, I have Chris I have a bunch of links to my stuff as well. So uh yeah, whole bunch of that stuff. And Kyle, thank you for having me. I was very happy to to fill in. And uh, thank Steve, you. Th- Steve, thank you for the blessing. If you hear this later, I appreciate that.
1: Yes, much love. because uh, it looks like Comcast did actually get off their ass and get his internet working. I tried to pull him back into the call. He's like, No, you guys are doing too good on your own. So it's <laughs>
0: like, all right. Uh, oh, well, thank you, Steve. Maybe, maybe someday for not not Soon, because I'm sure people are sick of me already. But Maybe we'll do a three-way one. It'll yeah. be super hot. That Four sounds away. so Four. dirty. We're going to have three-way Four-way. We'll have Shummel in here, too. It'll be great. We'll do, we'll do a train. <laughs>
1: Oh, my God, that'd be crazy. <laughs> All right, it's getting too crazy up here. It's getting real in here. Anyway, we're going to pull the plug. Thank you so much, Chris, and thank you guys for listening. Everyone in our chat, JP025, Maladaptive Mongoose, Mr. Haru, Robert J., Venom34, Zero, Dork of All Trades, Heyman, John LaPiana, Shadonix, KyleTV96470, and everyone who listens to Smodcast.com. You guys are the bomb. Until next time, this is Kyle Abear. See ya. Special thanks to Will Wilkins and Jason Pier. Music provided by iShine, Perimeter of the Void, and Zero Reynolds. Follow us on Twitter at BBBroadcast and email the thebigballbroadcast at gmail.com. This has been a production of Smodco Internet Radio. Sir, only at smodcast.com.